Hello and welcome back to the Balance and Barbells podcast. My name is Kayla and I am your host. You can find me over on all social media at Kayla Dirk. If you're new around here, we talk about all things health, fitness, wellness, and daily routines. On this week's podcast, I want to talk about getting a head start on the new year and setting realistic goals for yourself. If you are in the United States like I am, you probably just celebrated Thanksgiving with your friends and family or at least the holiday. I am recording this two days after Thanksgiving and I'm feeling very recharged and rested, but I'm also feeling a lot of anxiety and kind of stress as we're going into this next month because I just know how much I have going on in Q4. It was a stressful weekend with getting everything linked and getting products up for all of the sales and kind of just coming to a close at the end of the year. Fitness is always a big industry at the first of the year, so I know that I am preparing for a busy month in January, but I also know that the holidays bring a lot of joy and a lot of fun activities that you don't get to do on a normal basis, so I'm excited for all of the activities and things that we'll get to do this month, but also trying to just get a head start on the new year and be ready to go once it starts instead of feeling behind or feeling like I have to set unrealistic goals in January that aren't sustainable. Something I see really common at the beginning of the year is people will sign up for new health and fitness programs. They're really motivated and excited to get started on a new plan, but they very often set unrealistic goals for themselves. And I wouldn't say that it's necessarily their own fault as much as it is the stuff that they're reading online, the diet culture that we're fed on a daily basis, and unrealistic and unattainable goals that are part of our instant gratification society. So I think that as you're heading into the new year, one, I always love getting a head start on things. I think it's so beneficial to kind of ease your way into things. And two, setting realistic goals and expectations for yourself is kind of a process you have to go through and it requires planning and understanding of what you truly want. So this is something that I do every single year and I figured I would share it with you and give you kind of an inside scoop into how I plan the end of my year and get ready to go into the new year. And I'll kind of break it down into different sections and different ways that I go about the process. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. The one thing that it does require is for you to take some time to sit down and really understand what you want out of the new year how you're going to feel kind of like right now is the good best time to do it. And here's why you are coming to a close on this year and you're either happy about how the year ended or you're disappointed in the way that it ended. And right now you are in the feels of everything that you experienced this year, good or bad. You know, the instances that happened to you. And I mean, you can't control everything that happens in your life, but the things that you can control and the things you look back on and you say, yeah, I really wish I didn't make that decision and I really wish I would have done this a different way, you are in those feelings right now more than likely just knowing that the year is coming to a close. You either achieved the goals that you set for yourself or you didn't. And really reflecting and understanding why you didn't achieve those goals. What held you back? Did you hold you back? Could you have done something better? All of those things are insight and knowledge into how to better prepare for the next year. And setting goals for yourself that are realistic, looking back at the goals you set for yourself a year ago, were they realistic or were they just so extreme that there was just no way that in a year's time you could have achieved them, but did you make a dent in them? These are all things that play into how your next year will go. And I love the new year because it is a fresh start. I think that 
it's an over-glorified fresh start and a lot of people will really kickstart the new year with things that are unrealistic, like I've said. But I love that it's like, okay, we're going to start fresh this year. I can be anything I want to be. What am I going to achieve this year in 12 months? So the first thing that I recommend you do and what I personally do is I start by writing out everything that I achieved this year. What were the small things? What were the big things? And even if you don't have a record of what the New Year's resolutions were that you set for yourself in 2022, or maybe you didn't set any for yourself, I think that this is a good time to sit down and just kind of look back at the year. You can go month by month, or you can just look at the big accomplishments and the things that you achieved and write those down. And then I would go through your year and look at the things that you didn't feel as successful at or that were failures or things that really stand out to you as bad moments in your life in 2022. And the reason you need to do this is one, you have to have some sort of healing for you to ever move on from something traumatic that's happened in your life whether it be emotionally, physically, whatever it is, if you have some sort of issue that came up in 2022 that stands out to you, you still want to acknowledge that and you still want to have that written down because that is a that is an impactful event in your life. Regardless of if you want to remember it or if you are happy about the situation, there is a reason that that happened in your life. And if it brings up pain while you're thinking about it or writing it down, you're not fully healed from it. And you'll carry that with you through the next year. And that's kind of what we want to avoid. There are going to be things that you're not going to be healed from instantly and that are going to take time, but it's also important to acknowledge them and know what they are and reasons why they bring up emotions when you think about them. So write down your failures, write down the things that you look back at and you're not proud of, the things that happened to you that maybe were bad in 2022, and have those down as well. And I like to break these up into two categories, successes and achievements and failures and disappointments. And I write those down and I kind of create myself a list. And I usually do it by my biggest achievement down to my lowest achievement, and then my biggest failure or disappointment down to my lowest. Okay, now that you have that list, what I would recommend you do is go through each one and write down why it's important to you. Why is this a big success in your life? And then why it was a disappointing event in your life. Then once you have all of that, you can kind of look at things that are important to you and you can even kind of restructure it. And once you see it on paper, you even are like, okay, maybe this wasn't as disappointing as I thought because I achieved this. And you'll see kind of how many things you're making a dent in. And that's the most important part. Out of all of your goals, you don't have to win 100% at them. You don't have to actually reach each one to its fullest potential as much as you have to make sure that everything you did led to some improvement and you made a dent in the overall goal. So now that you have all of that together, you can look at the goals that you want to achieve for 2023. And I would make these realistic, but also categorized by different things that you want to achieve. It can be health. It can be a mental health goal. It can be a physical goal. It can be a nutrition goal. It can even be a friendship goal or a family goal, whatever is important to you. I think that you should kind of categorize them and have different things that you want to structure out and make them small and make them attainable. And I think it's important to note that there's a difference between dreaming big and something that's not realistic. For example, I think that 
you can do anything that you set your mind to. Any goal you want to achieve, anything that you want to become, there's no reason why you can't do it. You are the only person holding yourself back. So if you have a dream or you have a goal that you want to achieve, put it down, even if it doesn't seem like something you can achieve in a year. You should write this down and you should acknowledge that this is a goal that you want and that every action you take in your daily routines, in your weekly routines, your monthly routines, that you're taking little baby steps towards that end goal, no matter how long it takes. When it becomes unrealistic is when you make a goal that is truly unrealistic. For example, I want to lose 30 pounds in three days. That's not a realistic goal. That's not a healthy goal. And it's really not possible. So knowing the difference between something that's possible and something that's dreaming big is really important when you're writing these down because you shouldn't put yourself in a box. You should still be putting things down that are important to you and that you want to achieve, even if it's crazy. Now from here, what I want you to do is I want you to take your biggest goals, even the crazy ones, the ones that just don't seem possible and put them all on a separate piece of paper, put them on a document, whatever you can use, and you're going to use this for manifestation. I'm a big believer in this. I think that you need to speak your life into existence. So then this list of goals is going to become daily affirmations for you. I like doing these first thing in the morning. You can say them to yourself as you're making your coffee or getting ready for the gym, but just giving yourself 10 minutes where you just say them over and over and over again, and you positively speak these things into existence, it starts your day on a whole nother level. It might seem weird in the beginning, but it truly does make a difference when you're talking positively to yourself on a day-to-day basis. When you notice you have negative self-talk days or negative body image days, those days your mood is brought down, you feel like you can't really achieve a lot of different things, but when you start the day actually talking positively to yourself and talking to yourself on a level of you can achieve anything and these are my goals and I will achieve them, you feel so much more powerful throughout the day. Now, the second part of this exercise, I want you to start breaking them down and making them achievable goals. So the biggest goals that you have, making them achievable. What do you have to do on a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis, and a month-to-month basis so that by the end of the year, you've made a dent, if not accomplished the goal overall. And I don't think you have to have a long, long list of goals. This is kind of what I mean by making them realistic. You don't want 35 goals that you have to be focusing on. I would pick the biggest things that you want to achieve in a year because a year is a lot of time. A lot of times it's not enough time, but it is a lot of time to be getting things done. So pick your biggest goals. I would say anywhere from five to 10, 10 is plenty, and then break them down into smaller achievable goals because you're going to be using those on a monthly basis. And this kind of helps plan out your year of things that you want to be doing. Now, once you have your major goals listed out, and then you've broken those down into more bite-sized achievable things, you need to focus on what you need to be doing week by week. And what I mean by this is when you think of the first week of January, a lot of people will say, I'm going to sign up for a gym. I'm going to go to the gym every single day this week. And in January, I'm going to go to the gym at least five to seven days a week. When you get to the end of January, I would say 70% of those people are done. They don't continue on in February because they've burnt themselves out. It wasn't realistic. They failed too many times. They became too sore and it was too hard to pick back up. And you need to break this down into a goal that you can achieve each week that's realistic from where you're starting. So for your first week where you're starting and you have a major goal you want to achieve, 
What is something realistic you can do that week? If you want to sign up for a gym and you've never worked out before, your first week should look like one to two workouts that week. You should give yourself a big pat on the back if you make it to the gym two times that week. And then the next week, build upon that. Say, I'm okay, last week I went once. Now I'm going to go twice. And then after that, you build on it again. And then you have these little baby steps that it was, when you look back at it, realistic, it was actually attainable. You were able to go to the gym two days a week because there's seven days out of the week and two days just wasn't that difficult. Now you're in February and you can easily go three to five days a week. So now you're doubling on that goal and on that return by just giving yourself the time to build up to what you need. So you don't have to be planning out your full year and writing week by week what you think your goal should be because these are going to change and fluctuate as you grow and adapt. So it's important to just focus really on those first four weeks and then come back and reevaluate and look at the things that you have achieved. So for example, if, if somebody comes to me and says they want to lose 30 pounds, the first things that I ask, are you drinking enough water? How, what's your sleep like? Are you getting up early enough and making it to the gym consistently? What does your nutrition look like? Are you eating enough protein? If the answer to all those questions are no or not enough then we need to focus that on a weekly basis. We need to make sure that you are drinking enough water. So I would say week one, focus on your water intake. That's the most important thing I want you to focus on. I want you to make sure you're well hydrated, carry a water bottle with you, and slowly build up your tolerance to the water intake that you haven't been used to so far. Then on week two, I'm going to say, okay, so your sleep is five hours a night. Now I want you to focus on a nighttime routine. I want you focusing on getting to bed at the same time every single night, putting your phone away an hour before you go to sleep so you have a good restful sleep and then setting an alarm for a time that you want to wake up and doing that consistently for seven days. Once you start doing that consistently, now it's time to move to another goal. And I mean, these need to be baby steps because if you say, I'm going to drink 120 ounces of water, I'm going to sleep seven to nine hours a night. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. the next day. I'm going to work out five to seven days a week. And you do that all at once. You are going to be burnt out by the end of the week and realize, well, maybe I really don't want this. So you have to make it realistic. You have to make it sustainable and you have to break it up in week by week achievable goals. And if you notice one week, Hey, I really didn't do well with my water this week. Start over at the next week. You don't have to add a new goal in. You need to make sure that you can reach that goal, check off the box and say, okay, I did it. Now what's next? Now I'm going to change the topic to why I think you should start your new year's resolutions early and start kind of get that head start on your goals before the new year. Here's my biggest thing about January. January is a highly motivated time. And a lot of times it's easier to kind of push through on a goal because you're starting something new and you're starting something fresh and you're just very, very motivated. I think that you also have the pressure of January where things can kind of fall apart because travel is over with, everyone's kind of back at work, you're not really off work as much as you were during the holidays, and it's kind of a little bit more crazy. Gyms are more crowded, there's new things going on, and it can kind of lead to your motivation is carrying you then when all of that motivation dies down, your goals and your willingness to achieve those goals die down as well. For example, I think about gyms in January. If you are not new to gyms in January, you know that the traffic really picks up. There's a lot of new signups. The gym gets really crowded, especially during rush hour times, such as early in the morning or right after work. And it can be difficult or challenging to get your full workout in because you're either waiting for a machine or you kind of have to readjust your workout because a machine never becomes available. 
and it can be kind of chaotic. So I would never really recommend that if you've never been to the gym that you try and go on January 1. I think that is the worst time for you to try and figure out a new program as well as trying to adjust to such a crowded place because it just brings a lot of anxiety to the situation and you're not really focused on your workout as much as you are on everyone else, especially think about somebody pacing in front of your machine while they're waiting for you to finish up your last few reps. So I think getting a head start, especially on the fitness aspect is such a good way to go about it because it's not going to be as high strung. You're going to be able to figure out the machines and have your time when people are really traveling and the gyms are less crowded and kind of understand your workouts. So that way, when it does get crowded, you feel more comfortable. You don't have as much anxiety around how to use the machines, how to do the exercises properly. And you've kind of familiarized yourself with the workouts. So what I would recommend, find the program you want to start. And I would find it now, especially with all the Cyber Monday and all those other deals going on. Find it now. And then get a head start on it. 30 days head start is going to put you farther than when you start on January 1 anyways. So that should be motivation enough to get started early. You're obviously going to have things that come up. Holidays are always crazy for everyone and things come up more than they would in the new year. But get that head start. Get yourself acquainted to the new program and get yourself used to it. And you're going to crush January. If you're not sure where to start with working out or what program to start, I have an app that I have all of my workouts in and they're the exact workouts that I do. They also have an eight-week gym challenge and an eight-week at-home challenge along with a 30-day app challenge that is linked in the show notes for a seven-day free trial. And the big benefit of starting your fitness aspect right now is when January comes around, you're pretty used to the program. You kind of know what to expect and what to do. And now you can really focus your efforts on nutrition and daily habits, which is really going to lead you to success. So I wanted to end the podcast by just giving a few examples of some daily habits that you could instill in your routine for the new year, as well as some daily mental health habits things that are going to help you achieve your goals and things that are going to help you kind of feel like you have some structure to the goal list that you're building. Um, These are things that I always focus on and these are things that I always give to clients when they're starting out and they kind of just need some guideline. So we'll start with the daily habits and then I'll go into some of my favorite daily habits for your mental health. Starting with the daily habits, the first one I recommend is drinking enough water. This is going to look different for everybody based on different factors, but it's important to make sure you're drinking enough water. There's some fun water bottles that will track you by the hour so you can kind of have a reminder in front of you. I have that linked in my Amazon storefront, but just make sure that you're picking water before you're picking sugary drinks and that you're getting enough water daily. Next is making sure that you set a bedtime and a time that you want to wake up and do it consistently. Don't change it and don't fluctuate it. Really focus on going to bed at the same time and waking up at the same time. This is going to make sure you're getting enough sleep consistently, but it's also going to make you kind of go into a circadian rhythm where you're waking up with the sun and you're going to bed with this when the sun is setting. This is so good for your hormones and it helps you feel more energized. It takes time, but doing it consistently is really good for your health. Um, obviously you're not going to be going to bed at 5 PM, but you start to kind of get in that zone. You start unwinding, you start relaxing. And then by 7:38, you're getting ready for bed and you're falling asleep by nine. So then you can wake up early the next day when the sun rises. I've heard really good things about the hatch alarm clock, and I think I'm going to invest in it this cyber Monday and finally try it out because I hear that it works like a natural sunrise. So you kind of gradually wake up, which is so much better for you and helps you maintain your energy. 
Then focus on working out anywhere from three to five days a week. You can build up to this. This doesn't have to start off right away if you're not working out at all, but get to a point where you're consistently going three to five days a week, but get movement at least three to five days a week consistently. Then you want to focus on your steps, getting anywhere from seven to 10,000 steps a day. This is just a general rule of thumb. You can obviously go a little under or a little higher, but when you get closer to those numbers, it means that you're pretty much walking around consistently throughout the day. When you're sitting around that two to 3,000 step mark a day, you're not getting enough movement. You're sitting too much and you should be moving around more often. So I highly recommend focusing on 15 minute walks, making them sustainable, doing as little mental breaks during work if you sit all day long, but getting some extra movement at night instead of just sitting down and watching TV all night long. Think about some chores you could get done around the house or just kind of getting in some steps with the dog after work. Little things that'll help you get some extra movement. Walking is always the first form of cardio that I prescribe to basically every single client and it's just really good for your overall health. Now this one might be a little controversial, but I truly believe that people get carried away at the beginning of the year with a calorie deficit. It's usually very drastic because of the goal that they have or they get really focused on tracking and it becomes overwhelming. So I highly recommend that you focus on nutrient-dense foods and high-protein diets before you focus on getting obsessed with tracking and kind of familiarize yourself with your um, hunger cues as well as making sure you know how to build a plate because you don't want to be stuck tracking forever. The goal is to understand how to build out a plate that is nutrient-dense and protein-focused and forward and then kind of get granular with the tracking and all of those details. If you are concerned about the nutrition aspect and you're overwhelmed by that in general, tracking is just going to add one more layer to it. It's not going to make it necessarily easier because now you have numbers that are playing into it and it's just a lot. So I always recommend you focus on nutrient dense first. What are your vegetable sources? Are you swapping simple carbs for complex carbs? Are you eating healthy fats? Um, Are you cooking at home and are you eating enough protein? Kind of once you have that figured out, then you can focus on the tracking and you can really understand that more because you have a better understanding for nutrition. The last tip I have is to lift heavy and actually focus on weight training and start incorporating that into your routine. And here's why. I know that not everyone is into weightlifting. However, When you are trying to lose fat, you have to do one of two things. You either have to be in a calorie deficit or you have to burn fat efficiently. And I would recommend that you go the route of burning fat efficiently because when you do that, you increase muscle mass, which in turn increases your metabolism. And now your body is burning more fat on its own at rest. You're not having to work out more. You're not having to do more in order to, or eat less to lose fat. So when you lift heavy, you build muscle and in return, your metabolism increases and therefore your body burns fat efficiently. When you don't lift weights and you focus on cardio and you don't have an efficient training plan, you're working harder, not smarter. Your body is now trying to lose fat, but you're not giving it kind of the fuel that it needs to become a fat burning machine. You are having to lower the calories that you're consuming, or you're having to burn more calories by working harder, by doing more cardio. And it's not an efficient way of doing it. So I highly recommend that you find a weightlifting plan and you focus on 
lifting heavy at least three to five days a week. And I guess when I say at least, I mean around three to five days a week, you don't have to be doing that much weightlifting, but start incorporating it into your routine. It's not going to make you bulky. That actually is something that you have to really strive for, making sure that your nutrition's in line, you're eating enough, eating enough protein, training hard enough. There's so many things that go into that but it really does help you get that toned look that a lot of women describe that they want. So here's a quick little recap of all of the things we just went over. Drink enough water, set a bedtime and a time that you wanna wake up that you can do consistently, work out three to five days a week, daily steps of seven to 10,000 steps, focus on nutrient-dense, high-protein meals, and start incorporating weightlifting into your routine. Now for some of my mental health favorites that I even personally add to my list each year. I like to have a book list of one book that I want to read a month, and so I'll put 12 books that I want to read. Sometimes it's more, and I'll aim for a couple books a month, but I try and aim to at least have one book a month that I'm reading. This year, I'm going to do two, and I'm going to do a fictional and a nonfiction book, one that I want to learn more. And this is one I've noticed that my productivity increases drastically when I'm constantly reading and learning. And two, it's a mental break. It allows me to kind of escape from the everyday life. It makes me prioritize something else such as learning. It's a time for you to step away and really just focus on you and something that you want to learn about. So you're improving yourself and which is so good for your mental health. So that's number one on my list. Number two is to replace one hour of TV time daily with either reading, planning, or organizing. If you can think about what you can get done in the next year by just replacing some mindless TV time with either organizing a cabinet or a drawer, a closet, planning out your day the night before, kind of planning out your quarters or your months, reading an extra book, like you will have so much more done by the end of the year just by doing this one thing. Now, this is something that I started doing last year and I really like it. I did this when I moved into our new house because I said I would never have to deep clean a big space like that all at once again. And that is to deep clean one space once a month. I'm going to do it probably once a week this year because I just feel like there's so much that I want to do, especially as we're kind of getting into the phase of adding things to our house and renovations. But if you can clean a space of yours at least once a month, and I mean deep clean it and organize it, it is so good for your mental health because it's not in the back of your mind of I've always wanted to clean out that closet and I just never have the time to get to it. Plan it out and put it on your calendar. And once a month, I would find a space that you want to deep clean and organize. And by the end of the year, your house is going to look immaculate. And I know I'm a lot cleaner than a lot of people. Like I like my spaces clean and I honestly have like a nighttime routine where a lot of times I'll even just vacuum my kitchen every night. So I know that this may not be on the priority list for a lot of people, but cleaning is such a mental release for me. If my house is dirty, my mental capacity is almost at zero and I have to have things clean and in order to kind of think and be productive. So I really believe that having a clean space, an organized space, adds so much to your productivity and it's just good for your mental health. Now this one I think everybody needs to do and that's have one self-care night a week minimum. And I mean like prioritize yourself, do your skincare, take a bath, read a book, have time away from everyone else to really prioritize yourself. Even if it's just 30 minutes, 
you need this space for yourself. And I know I can already hear the moms coming for me telling me that they don't have the time, that by the end of the day, they're exhausted. They've put the kids to bed and they just go to sleep. And listen, I'm not a mom, so I definitely don't have those tasks on my hands right now. And I can see how that would be extremely overwhelming. But you are a priority and I want you to remember to put yourself first at least once a week. I think you should be doing it daily and giving yourself at least 30 minutes to prioritize you and not be giving yourself at 100% capacity to everyone else. If you can squeeze in 30 minutes once a week, I think you should put that on your goal list to improve your mental health. Lastly, practice positive self-talk. And this is going to come into play when you're doing your affirmations, but really make sure that you're paying attention to how you're talking to yourself and make sure that you're not projecting negative self-talk not to others not talking bad about yourself to your husband or your friends or your family and definitely not thinking bad thoughts about yourself when you notice that you're doing that try and shift yourself from that situation and shift it into positive self-talk maybe you're not in the perfect moment but do your best to speak positively to yourself it makes such a difference on your mental health so i'm going to end this episode here by just reminding you that you can achieve any goal that you set your mind to Don't put yourself in a box as you're doing these exercises. Make sure that you're putting the goals that you truly want to achieve down and just break them down. Make them bite-sized, make them realistic, and make them achievable. And then set yourself up for success. Plan out your daily routines and plan out your daily habits that you need to achieve in order for you to achieve these goals. And by the end of 2023, you will probably surprise yourself especially if you give yourself a little head start now and do it 30 days before the end of the year. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, my contact information is in the show notes. Don't forget if you're looking for a new program that you can try out my fitness app for seven days free. I have that linked in the show notes as well, and I will see you guys in the next episode.